0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, I'm your host, Greg The Scott, and I welcome you to the Fancy File Podcast. If this is your first time listening, you are in for a special treat. This is a uh, podcast that's like a Bible study with friends who like to joke around and who quote pop culture things.
1: Sometimes. Um,
0: Only sometimes? Most times. Well, I think maybe most times. Maybe. Maybe not. I guess we'll see. Melanie will will tell us if, if we if we uh, quote <laughs> pop culture. Melanie's like, "What's pop culture?" <laughs> uh, so I ha- <laughs> wow. So I have with me today uh, our regular co-hosts. We have Mick. How are you doing today, Mick? I'm doing wonderful. Yes, some people call you Mictron. I specifically said we're not
1: going to do that, and I did it anyways. Yeah, some people uh, call me Mictron. Some people call you Mecopolis. It's Metropolis. actually. Micropolis <laughs> Which comes, you know, is all about our board game days. No. It is. That's where it comes from. No. You forget. I deny it. Because you're getting old. No. Wow.
0: Not that old. Still a young adult. Well. Maybe. <laughs> we also have with us uh, Melanie. Melanie, uh, nice to have you.
2: Hi. It's nice to be here. Now,
0: Melanie likes to tell everyone it's past her bedtime.
2: Not today. Not
0: today. So- okay, good. <laughs> So you're fresh
2: So can I give a disclaimer though?
0: No Go ahead
2: Okay, so the reason why I like mentioning that it's past my bedtime Is that you might notice it in the sound of my voice Like I start slurring my words and I get a little bit loopy So you don't want people thinking you're drunk
1: Exactly Fair enough She can't be drunk
0: It's the evening What? What? Were you quoting something? (laughs) Yeah, the book of Acts No That was the morning (laughs) I know (laughs) halfway through, halfway reverse. through quoting. I was he, like, oh, he's wait, like, no, <laughs> that doesn't work. People do get drunk at <laughs> night. What is that? <laughs> and people get drunk in the morning.
2: Yeah.
0: That's good. Uh, we are actually recording from not our studio. We're actually outside. and uh, Just in case anyone hears airplanes fly over or birds singing, uh, which you might actually hear right now, that's okay. Uh, that's, I got nothing more to say to that. If you hear the noise, that's what it is. Yeah. Well, remember once we, we had recorded in that camp, and then there was, like, flies in the room, and, like, they were passing by the mic Yeah, you
1: could hear them on the microphones. Oh, so funny. Uh, you might also hear the AC startup. That's okay. But just so you know, for those who are listening. This
0: is a very special Fancy File podcast, the outdoor version. Uh, from where we're at, it's summertime. Uh, so if you're in the northern hemisphere as the, at the time of the recording and at the time of the release, it's summertime. If you're in the Southern Hemisphere, um, south, you, uh, it might be winter. Uh, but I think a lot of countries in the Southern Hemisphere, even in the wintertime, it's, it's probably warmer than our winters. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hey, you know what? If you're in the Southern Hemisphere, I'd like to invite you to write to us and let us know where you're listening from. Uh, the Fancy File podcast is on Facebook. We encourage you to like and follow Uh, That's where we, uh, every once in a while, we will remind you that it exists by posting something on it. And I say every once in a while, because that's the best we can do. Amen. And it's pretty, pretty good. Uh, But we do, uh, we are connected to it. So if you write to us, we will see the message. Uh, So feel free to write in. Uh, We'll shout you out. uh, So-and-so listening from Australia. Hey. Please. Uh, Melanie loves Australia. She's never been there. But she saw a kangaroo at a zoo once and loved it forever. Is that correct? No. Oh. You never been to a zoo? <laughs> I
2: don't know what to say. What was that? What's a zoo? <laughs> I don't know what to say.
0: Um, so, yes, we'd like to encourage you. Uh, like and subscribe. Uh, and our podcast gets released about every second week, uh, if we remember. Sometimes <laughs> it might be every third week. Sometimes <laughs> it's every seven months. But it will be released because we record. And we're not just going to record it to not release it. Fair
1: enough? Fair enough.
0: Yes. Mick is going to tell everyone the top three places you can listen to the, fo- the, the files.
1: <laughs> in Top three. Uh, in third place, uh, Apple Podcasts. <gasps> wow. Third place. I went there. In second place, Audible. Nice. What? Because it's Amazon. Amazon. Fair. And in first place, Spotify. Now, there are other places. Like Google Podcasts. Like Google Podcasts. Which hasn't made
0: the top ten. It hasn't made the top You're ten. You're making these numbers up, aren't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, actually, It
0: hasn't made Mick's top ten.
1: Actually, Spotify is number one. It's probably, on yeah. On all of my lists. That's fair. So I made it up, but this one's right. So, yeah. There you have them. Well, thank you, Mick. You're welcome. Good.
0: So, as you know, if you've been listening to our podcast, and if you haven't, I mean, I don't want to say shame on you. Uh, congratulations for for coming in. We are very excited. Uh, we are doing a series where we've been going through the seven churches of Revelation, chapter 2 and 3, and I believe we're in the third church. And if we're not, I don't know how to count, but that's okay. Uh, some call it Pergamus, some call it Pergamum. Whichever one you call it, we're talking about the same thing. And So I'm going to have Mick uh, read a couple of verses. We will read more verses later on if we get to them, but I want Mick to read uh, Revelation chapter 2, verses 14 and 15.
1: But I have a few things against you, because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols, and to commit sexual immorality. Thus you also have those... Who hold the doctrine of Nicolaitans, which thing I hate.
0: There it is. Mix, mix started to get a little uh, g- giggly. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what word it was, but in Nicolaitans. Oh, okay.
2: You said so it right.
0: He, I, I guess so. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. I guess we'll never know. So, last week we uh, or last podcast we got into started talking about the issues that the Lord had with this specific church. So there were good things. And remember, in the letters that are given to the seven churches, there are things the Lord has pleaded with, uh, things that the Lord will, I guess you can say, i don't, congratulate them on, uh, th- commend them. Maybe that's better. Uh, this is the good things the church is doing. Then there are the things that really upset them. And so we are in that part of, okay, what is going on in this church and it's pretty bad when you when you get into it and some might actually even find it shocking and it's shocking because well one it's the first century church and i think we a lot of times have like a really positive impression of the first century church mm-hmm. and so anytime they do something wrong it's like no that can't be you know it's the book of acts church so like how could they be as you know go astray but uh, yeah, even churches in revival and renewal, it doesn't take very long for those churches to uh, kind of get off track. And also, like some of the things that you actually look into, what they were allowing is also pretty shocking. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest, these types of things are still happening in the church world today. Nothing has changed. And so that's why a lot of these things are written. If the, if the early church was perfect, we would not have had all these words of of correction, and, and, you know, you think about the gifts of the Spirit, and you know, and in, what, 1 Corinthians? Yeah, yeah. With the bit of a mess that was at Corinth? Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm not saying that, obviously the Lord would have given us that word anyways, because this is what we need to know. Mm-hmm. But, hey, the church was in, was in chaos, and so they needed to, to be corrected regarding this. Mm-hmm. But you notice that, he talks about doctrine, doctrine that they have allowed in to their churches that he Jesus himself says, "I hate." So first we looked at the, the doctrine of Balaam, and just quickly, what did Balaam do? Well, he was false falsely prophesying um, to, I guess to this king or to kings regarding how to cause Israel to stumble. Well, they wanted him to curse Israel, and God said, no, I'm not cursing them. And then, so what did he do? He ended up teaching them how to get them to stumble. Mm -hmm. And basically it was send them some ungodly woman, and they end up causing them to marry and get involved in pagan rituals, which was strictly forbidden. Now think about it. that's the first thing that he says. you have people in that in your church that are teaching this. There are people that were in this church. okay this is not a cult. This is the Church of the Living God of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, this church had those in there who were teaching basically the same thing that Balaam was teaching, teaching the church, God's people, this type of immoral, paganistic behavior. And that is happening at some point, somewhere in the world today. You will have people who will teach basically, well, you can, you can marry whoever you want, it doesn't matter. There is no moral standards. Uh, you marry the non-believer, and, and you can mix pagan worship with godly worship. That is, that's happening. But then there's something else. It doesn't even stop there. He talks about the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Okay, so he says, who taught Balaam to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols to commit sexual immorality. Now imagine that. Imagine having in the church those teaching that. Then, thus you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Now, the doctrine of Balaam is clearly mentioned what it is, but we don't 100% It's not necessarily explained there, but many of the Bible scholars believe that this type of teaching was a teaching that we had freedom to sin, that there was no law. And I've heard some individuals try to say that in the Greek, and now it could be that Nicholas, or or these were followers of Nicholas, but I also have heard others that the way they were expressing in the Greek that 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 word means no law. I'm not 100% sure. Check it out. I don't know if any of you guys have heard that as well. Potentially no, maybe. Yes?
1: Well, when it comes to those teachings, one of the things I've heard, uh, there's Clement of Alexander, who's one of the early church fathers, who said they abandoned themselves to pleasure like goats, leading a life of self-indulgence, right? It's very me-centered, and uh, that's all it's about, really, uh, at least according to people who are nearer to that era than we are, right? Because we're quite quite separated by time and space. Um, but it's interesting that, again, the main issue of doctrine that they have of that false teaching is that they are consumed by self.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So those who were teaching this specific doctrine would also have encouraged sexual immorality and idol worship, which would also be connected with the first one as well. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know what that looks like today because we don't have people going around saying, oh, I'm a teacher of the doctrine of the Nicolaitans or I'm a teacher of the doctrine of Balaam. But anything that would encourage sin, anything, especially sexual sin, and and anything that perverts the worship of the true and living God would potentially fall in these categories. And so... There would definitely be some that would go along with this. That maybe, I don't want to say that they're like, they know that they're doing this per se, but there are some that might wink at sin and ignore the dangerous consequences of what sin does because sin wrecks our walk with God. Um, we didn't mention this in the intro. My apologies, but a book is being released called 700 Wives by Mick. I was blessed to read the manuscript. And Mick goes in depth in quite a few chapters on how sin wrecks your walk with God. And I think he does a very good job at at explaining it not not only physically, but even emotionally and mentally. There is no good. Like, you feel good in the moment when you sin. If sin felt like a hammer getting taken to your foot, you wouldn't do it. But in those moments, especially with sexual sin, it feels good. It's great. It's oh, it's freeing, right? All it brings is bondage. And not only that, the guilt. And knowing that your walk with God, whom if you say you're a Christian, that should be your priority. The, the one you love the most, Jesus Christ. If you're allowing sin in your life, you know that you cannot have a a very um fruitful walk with the lord there's going to be hindrances there's going to be problems and then you start you drift away and you drift away to the point that you may not even care anymore and it totally apostatize now look at what the lord says he says this thing he hates jesus hates this doctrine now people might think well whoa jesus how dare you say you hate something? Well, how can he not hate it? When we think about our own selves, if we love life, we're going to hate death. If we love children, we're going to hate anyone that would try to harm our children. If we love peace, we're going to hate war. If someone has wronged you, um, I want to be careful. I want to word this correctly. Injustice. Well, more than just injustice, um, I mean, obviously we hate injustice, but if something bad happens to you, you know, you're you're not going to like that, whatever it might be. Let's say, you know, someone, you know, somehow stole money from your bank account. You are going to be furious. You're not going to be like, oh, that's okay, right? Now, little things, temporary things that are not eternal – very much upset us and rightly so how much more of something that is of eternal value and eternal worth that can compromise that why would we deal with that any less different why would we react to it like it's not a problem Mm -hmm. Jesus hates these doctrines because it ruins lives it ruins people's walks. These doctrines, whether it hinders and hurts Christians or it causes non-believers to not come to the faith or believe something that's false, those people will die lost. Yeah. And the Lord hates that. And I'm glad he does. Because mm-hmm. if he was indifferent, we'd have a problem. Now, if he was indifferent, he never would have came down. And he never would have died on the cross. He never would have put on human flesh. He never would have walked this earth. He is not indifferent. Now, I think this might shock some people, especially, and we, you know, we discussed this before in previous podcasts about, you know, Jesus having opinions that we might not think he would have. Like being upset, rebuking, and hating. Um, but again, are we going to scripture with regards to what we believe about Jesus Christ? And again, remember that Jesus is addressing here the church. He is not speaking to non believers here, mm-hmm. he is speaking to Christians. It actually was addressed, it says in the King James, to the angel of the church, to the messenger to the pastor of the church and he's telling leadership these doctrines i hate these doctrines Mm. the lord hates false doctrine Mm -hmm. because it goes against his doctrine it goes against what he says Mm -hmm. and what he says matters he's the lord he's the head of the church we don't have the right to tell him how to behave or what to think or what doctrines to set he sets it we follow it amen now, how, how can a church, okay, so Pergamum, Pergamus, that stood faithfully for Christ, because they were, they were staying, one of the things that they were commended for, they did not turn away from the faith, even though there were people in there who were teaching things that were dangerous, but they did not, they weren't denying the Lord. Even had the martyr Antipas. So how could a church like that, compromise
1: by allowing some to follow these dangerous doctrines. I think that partially there is always a risk that the leaders that are in place are not good leaders. And I don't mean that these people are, you know, uh, have ill will towards the congregation or anything like that. Sometimes, you know, in our own ignorance we... um, we allow certain things into our lives, but then there is the whole aspect of like, we get close to our pastors. You know, most of the time we get right. close to our leaders. We, we get close to the people we do small group with. These are our friends and we consider them family. A lot of them. Well, if they start veering into, to error, I think there is some sort of like a, a buffer zone where we kind of allow it uh, very often just in by wanting to be cour- courteous or whatever or by wanting to be nice you know
0: yeah i think you're
1: it, right there yeah yeah it's like there is like he a time where it's like well what he's saying isn't exactly right but uh, there might be no foul there right or i don't want necessarily to and then at some point it becomes too big because that person kept slipping kept starting to believe new things that were probably wrong and then indulging in certain other things. And it's like, oh, now this person's been doing this for, like, months and months, right? Like, if you look at cults, and I know there's several, like, podcast episodes that we've done that end up talking about cults, not of the this season, but previous. But there is this aspect of, like, no, a lot of these guys started out seemingly, like, decent like pastors or 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 gurus or whatever you want to say it and then it gets weird but then people are way too deep into it you know there's a certain uh major uh movement i would say without wanting to name them i don't we don't have lawyers but movement where it's like by the time you are you know you learn about the crazy stuff you're already you've already invested like over five hundred thousand dollars you're deep into it financially, emotionally, with the people. And I was like, well, it's a bit, I guess the crazy stuff is just normal. And so I think that's where there is that difficulty and where churches and, and movements can f- falter. It's like, well, we've allowed certain things to happen and it's, it's on us. We want it to be nice when really we ought to be, you know, more like doctors, you know, or surgeons. We need to cut those things out.
2: That was so good. I mean, I agree with everything he said, and I I was going to say At something. At the same time, she also
1: disagrees. With no,
2: no, I was going to say something similar to what he said. So, yeah, I think he's really on to something. I think that, sadly, um, sometimes we're indifferent. Sometimes we're passive. But other times, like you said, it's like, well, I kind of don't want to offend the person. And, oh, it's no harm done. But actually, in the long run, if it keeps on going on for super long... It really is going to have like massive impacts on people. And I know that, for example, if I had had to speak the truth to a friend and I was putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, the problem got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then by the time I had to address uh, that issue to my friend, well, it like it got out of hand and it caused a lot more damage than it would have maybe caused if I would have told them three months earlier So I think I totally agree with you. And it's like you were saying, Greg, it's like we have to contend for the faith in in every way possible, in every way we can. And just by letting these doctrines come in, it's gonna it's gonna have like devastating effects and so we have to nip it in the bud and you know.
0: I'm really impressed that you quoted that properly. What Nip it in the bud. Why? Because most people don't p- quote that properly.
2: Yeah! French girl here.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah? Am I the only non-French person here?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. That's a shocking revelation uh, to I, people listening. I'm,
0: yeah, everyone. You mean Greg the Scot isn't French? <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: crazy.
0: Okay, there's something I want to think, uh, like, just to bring up. And, and you guys brought up very good points. Now let think about this. This this isn't a church that, you know, you walk in there and it's like almost borderline dead. And like people don't care. This is a church where they're experiencing persecution, right? Um, this was a church because it's, it's first century Roman Empire. Anything that is not saying Caesar is Lord, especially mm-hmm. I think at this time yeah. around... Domitian, I think, perhaps was, uh, because I do believe that this was around ninety A.D. or a bit after that. Uh, I know that it's uh, some people debate that, but that's okay. So you had the church that was facing persecution in a community that was heavily into paganism, and yet this was in, in that setting. They did not. The Lord says, "You did not deny the faith." They did not deny the faith. And this was a church that in the face of persecution had a martyr. Someone died. So it's very possible that this church could be like, man, like we are so faithful. Like we haven't denied the faith. We're, you know, we're standing for Jesus Christ. We're not denying who Jesus Christ is. And that has even cost us lives. And if we're not careful... Like, you can focus on one thing in the church and not focus on others. You can lose sight. And, you know, this sometimes happens in Pentecostal churches or charismatic churches where they focus a lot on the spiritual gift aspect and then totally ignoring doctrine. Mm. Or if you're not into that, maybe you claim to believe in the spiritual gifts, but you focus more on doctrine while ignoring spiritual gifts. Maybe In this church, it could be that they might have totally ignored doctrine. Maybe they didn't take it seriously enough. And, and again, I'm speculating here, but I'm just looking at what, what the Lord has said. As a church, you cannot be a church that is one-dimensional. You have to be focused on everything. Not only just standing for Christ and not denying the faith, but the purity of doctrine as well. Mm-hmm. And so somewhere along the line, it seems that purity of doctrine maybe wasn't as serious as it should have been, that allowed this church to get to the place where others came in and were allowed to teach this. Now, maybe, maybe they were good on purity of doctrine, but maybe they had an issue with rebuking. They might have had an issue with rebuking. And so someone comes in and spreads false doctrine. Well, we don't want to upset people in the church, you know. Maybe people are upset enough. Forgive us for the airplane. Maybe people are upset enough, you know, that someone died and, and maybe they're more focused on, on that instead of, hey, some people have come in here and they're spreading false doctrine. You know, maybe the attitude is, well, at least they're in the church. There's, the New Testament is clear on how we deal with all of this. And if people are coming in and spreading things that are clearly dangerous, things that the Lord hates, mm. the leadership needs to deal with that. They need. This is not just someone who comes in or a believer in the church that might have something amiss. They're actively preaching things that is harming the body of Christ. It needs to be dealt with. You do not compromise with the world. Or maybe this church got to the place where because someone died for the faith, that scared them. So they began to compromise a bit. Well, maybe we can allow this in. Whatever the reason
1: is. The church needs to be on guard at all times. Well, some of the church commenters, especially early on, you know, when they talk about Nicholas, uh, many believe that that was uh, one of the people that was named a deacon in Acts 6.
0: Yeah. Uh, yes, I, right? I've, I've heard that as well. And so,
1: I'm, whether or not Nicholas was a part of that church, right? Because they say the teachings of. So, he might have just gone around there. You know, or, or it's just something similar to unrelated. But still, there is this idea, right, that they probably receive that teaching with some sort of authority. Right. A lot of those teachers mm-hmm. back then, you didn't have the Internet. You didn't have those people that were just like hunting for like uh, uh, heretics, like heretic hunters. Mm-hmm. And so maybe he came through their church was spreading a few lies or some of his followers and then by the time that it was like it's like people like paul or whoever came around it was like yo this guy is the teachings are completely heretical like that could have the those beliefs could have been really rooted in by that point
0: and that's interesting. If it if it would, have, I'm not 100% sure, and I don't want to say dogmatically that it was Neither do N- I. Nicholas of, of Acts five or six. Um, but if it was, let's just say for the sake of argument, the weight that he would have brought, like, hey, this was one of the first deacons. Maybe we should listen to what this guy has to say. He was there during revival. He he might have even been around when the Lord was there. You know, like, well, maybe not, because I think he would have been been a Greek. Okay, so maybe not. I, I, I retract that statement. But he would have been around with the apostles. At this point, there's only one apostle who's alive, and it's John. So, and that's another thing. Do not follow somebody because they have a large following, or whatever, their life, there's a lot of weight to their ministry, or they quote-unquote had a lot of miracles. And it could be at one point that that leader. That speaker, that pastor, that evangelist was very good, but then got a strike. If it is Nicholas from Acts 6, they wouldn't have put him in position of, of authority then if he was teaching those things. So if it is him, that means something along the way got a hold of him where he compromised and began to, to teach these things. This, ha- this has happened in the church. Our priority is to Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone, not to men. That doesn't mean we don't honor men and we don't love men. Yes, we do. However, they never have higher priority than that of the Lord and his words.
2: Um, I wanted to say I got distracted because of the airplane. Um, there is an air show going on. <laughs>
0: We decided to do a podcast with an air show in the background.
2: Yes, enjoy. Now, please listen to the sound of my voice. Um, So I wanted to say that sometimes in churches or in church movements, we tend to overlook things because of the good that we see. And the good could be, like you said, like the Bible commentary says that because he was a deacon, he had credentials, so people followed him possibly because of his credentials, right? So it could be that, like, it could be a good pastor who has good credentials, or it could be, oh, well, look at all the fruit that's coming out of this church. Oh, but that pastor is a really good communicator. Oh, but this church does a lot of, like, good social justice work, you know? Like, it could be a variety of things, but that is not the main thing. Like, what is the main thing? Like, what are we supposed to look at as, um, as believers? Like, what are we supposed to look for in a church Like, or in a movement? It's not supposed to be that. We're not supposed to look at all these exterior factors.
0: Well, unlike this airplane flying, I think this is where the fancy file airplane will land. Um, I think there was a lot that was said here that was very good. Hopefully not too controversial. Um, But I hope it was an encouragement to you. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please feel free uh, to send us a message, reach out. Uh, I was your host, Greg the Scott, and I had with me today Mick. Thanks for having me. And Melanie,
2: always a pleasure.
0: Thank you, and God bless.